Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. In 1999, Woodstock was held in Rome, New York, at the ex-Air Force Base Griffiths. And what transpired over those three days was absolute bedlam and chaos. From sexual assaults to riots to fires, this event had it all. And I remember when it was going on and watching it, saying to myself, what an absolute shit show. The conditions that the concert goers were living in, no trash pickups, water was uh, polluted, the, free, the, the fresh water, the free water that was provided, polluted with feces, all kinds of other uh, different amoebas and shit. The water that was for sale, a whole bunch of money, eight bucks for a soda. And we're talking about 1999. Now remember, This is supposed to be Woodstock. You know, hippie love fest. Everybody supports each other. Everybody's having a good old time. But the reality in 1999 was that it wasn't hippie Woodstock. Instead, there was a bunch of young men, basically, with a lot of angst. And the the music of the time, the new metal music, Limp Bizkit, uh, Korn, and some of the rest of it, Well, these dudes were certainly not in the business of calming the crowds down, if you will. And Fred Durst's set really launched things into orbit. So let's jump into this article from The Sun and let's talk about Woodstock 1999. Fired up. Inside chaotic moments at Woodstock 99 that triggered a war zone to erupt as festival-goers flipped cars and sparked infernos. This article was authored by Luke Kenton. Now, I've been to a ton of festivals in my life, a lot of concerts. Obviously, I worked in entertainment for a long time, and I have seen some shit. I was at the Rock the Bells concert in San Bernardino when Rage Against the Machine and Wu-Tang Clan were the headliners, and the whole entire place basically... Every single trash can in the whole entire venue was lit on fire. But it doesn't hold a candle to what happened at Woodstock. The whole entire thing crumbled. And it goes into the logistics, the planning, and the piss-poor production work. Three decades after 1969's legendary Woodstock Music Festival, an attempt to recreate the magic of the original peace-and-loving preaching event would end in a violent eruption of chaos and anarchy. 
Woodstock 99, held within the walled confines of the former Griffiths Air Force Base across three days in July of 1999, is regarded by many as one of the most disastrous music festivals of all time. I have to agree with that. It was a disaster. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a a good event as far as there was a lot of great, talented musicians playing. And I remember watching this shit on pay-per-view a little bit and saying to myself, this looks like a great party until I saw all of the disgusting, unwashed masses. That certainly changed my mind right away. And then when I started seeing all the nonsense occurring, yeah, certainly not an event that I wanted anything to do with. Dubbed the day that the music died. The special event saw more than 220,000 rock enthusiasts descend on upstate New York to watch the likes of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, and Limp Bizkit perform. But what followed next was several days of carnage as water shortages, price gouging, filthy conditions, broken toilets, and other significant infrastructural oversights began to take their toll on the exhausted, dehydrated attendees. And as far as security, they didn't even have real security. They went out and got, like, you know, 18, 19-year-old kids, put them in yellow shirts, and called them the Peace Patrol. Now, you tell me what the Peace Patrol is going to do about a bunch of amped-up, new-metal listening to headbangers who want to get into fights. Not going to do too much, are they? The event's chaotic legacy would also be forever marred by a series of sexual assaults, three deaths, and a full-blown riot that erupted on its final night. And the sexual assaults that were going on at this event were absolutely disgusting and repugnant. When you just watch video and film and you would see women getting sexually assaulted, having their breasts grabbed, and when women are doing crowd surfing, dudes being absolute gross animals. It was all bad. And a lot of it had to do with the time we were in, right? That was just accepted back then. Radio towers were also torched, garbage was set ablaze, and a van was driven into a crowd during a packed Fat Boy Slim DJ set. One attendee, Drew Allman, told the U.S. Sun that the Griffiths Air Force Base resembled something closer to a war zone than a site of a music festival by the end of the weekend. The then 22-year-old had traveled from Ohio to cover the event for local press with his brother Chris. Allman recalled how the festival's infamous riot was sparked shortly after Woodstock organizers started handing out thousands of candles out to the crowd during the Red Hot Chili Peppers' closing set. Now, right away, as somebody who worked in production, that is illegal and not a good idea. You can't have open flames in the venue that have not been approved by the fire marshal. Have we forgotten what happened during the concert for Great White? You can't do it. You just can't do it. Especially with a bunch of unruly people that were at this event. So you're going to give them fire now too, huh? That's a great idea. The final day of Woodstock 99 was perfectly fine right up until the Red Hot Chili Peppers went on stage, said Almond, the now 45-year-old software developer. There were a ton of candles passed out, tens of thousands of them, and I think they were meant to be used in the final moments of the festival. But they started passing them out quite early, even before the band took the stage, I think. And everything started out pretty normally. People were forming hearts on the ground with the candles lit and doing a bunch of other things with them. 
But now the festival workers had literally put fire in people's hands. It wasn't long before the fires started to erupt throughout the property. And we want to talk about Travis Scott and what he did. We must also discuss how the promoters here for Woodstock really avoided a lot of the blame. They should have had most of this blame. As promoters and people setting up festivals and events, you have to look at every single scenario and be prepared for it. And you certainly shouldn't be giving a bunch of drunken, drugged up people fire. Fire in their hands. The candles mentioned by Amon were passed out by Woodstock organizers in a short-sighted attempt to revisit the spirit of the festival's original 1969 incarnation with a vigil against gun violence. The vigil was planned to coincide with the end of the Chili Peppers set, during which the band spontaneously decided to cover Jimi Hendrix's song, Fire, a rather iconic, ironic choice in hindsight. So the Chili, chili Peppers, in all of their brilliance, with all this fire out there, decide, ah, hey, you know what, let's play Jimi Hendrix's song Fire as a cover and really get the natives fired up. I remember there were these semi-trucks scattered throughout the property with goods in them, and the crowd started lighting the stuff inside on fire because they literally had flame in their hands, Amon said. That's when the chaos started. Because everyone was like, well, let's, let the, let's light this place on fire. So everyone started joining in on that, and more fires started erupting. Yeah, sounds like a great time, huh? Let's just light everything on fire, what the hell? Oh, this, this truck over here? No problem, give me some flame, let's light it up, boys. Almond said he believes that the tensions finally boiled over among the crowd on the Sunday night after thousands spent several days caked in mud out in the sunshine, without ready access to drinking water, a decent bathroom, or shade. Attendees also weren't allowed to bring their own beverages to the event, including water, which is ridiculous. If you're going to have this kind of event, you gotta let people bring water, they're camping, right? And if not, you have to have all of the stuff that they're going to need, and you're gonna have to have it cheap. None of that occurred. Nobody had anything, and they walked in here, and they were on a tarmac, by the way, for the most part. You know how hot asphalt gets with the sun beating down on it all day? Then you add in 200, 300,000 people? Instead, they were forced to fork over $4, equivalent to $7 today, for a bottle from one of the concession stands or line up in colossal queues to drink from communal fountains, many of which didn't work and were not sanitary. As the crowds became more unruly during the final night, Almond was watching the pandemonium unfold from a press box to the right of the main stage. He said he, he remembers vividly looking down to see a group of people dragging a Mercedes-Benz through the mud and tipping it over on its side and destroying it. That's when I was like, okay, this is not going well. This is a problem, he said. Yeah, that's usually the uh, bellwether, huh? See somebody flip over a Mercedes and start beating the hell out of it and destroying it usually means that it's time to go home. It turned into kind of a war zone with fires, smoke, and people breaking things and flipping cars and stuff. It was mayhem. And again, these guys didn't want cops there. They had no uniformed police officers on the premises. Instead, they just had their peace patrol. Violence and assaults. As the bedlam escalated, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were hauled from the stage and Woodstock 99 was brought to an abrupt end. But the destruction and violence lasted long into the night 
with the pillaging fans burning and destroying everything in their path. Such a bad look. If you go to an event, a concert, the idea is to have a good time, right? Not to go and destroy shit, not to blow things up, not to fight with people, and certainly not to punch people in the mosh pit either. Somebody falls in the mosh pit, well, you should pick them up and help them out. State troopers were eventually brought in to quell the riot, but much of the damage had already been done. By the end of the weekend, more than 1,200 people had been injured, 44 people had been arrested, and at least four women had reported being sexually assaulted. The accusations of assault sparked an investigation by New York State Police, but numerous other instances of rape and assault are believed to have gone unreported. There's a large amount of people who were assaulted and raped at this event who never reported it. And at some point, uh, maybe even soon, we're going to hear a lot more about that. There wasn't really a forum for people to come forward and talk about this previously, but in the new current environment, there is. And my guess is there was a lot of women, maybe even some men, who were assaulted at this event who just want to forget about it and don't want to talk about it ever again. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Dave Schneider, a rehabilitation counselor who worked as a volunteer with the social service program Family of Woodstock during the event, witnessed one frightening assault firsthand from afar during the band Corn set on Friday night. He told MTV in 1999, At one point I saw this girl, a very petite girl, maybe 100 pounds, who was body surfing above the crowd and either fell in or was pulled into a circle into the mosh pit. Those gentlemen probably in the 25 to 32 age range, looked as though they were holding, holding her down. They were holding her arms. You could see she was struggling. Yo, I got news for you. If I'm ever in a mosh pit and somebody's acting the fool, we're going to fight. Point blank, period. You might beat me up, but we're going to fight. Especially if I see you holding down some girl and being a scumbag. Standing around 15 to 20 feet away and unable to intervene, he added, you clearly could see that one of the guys was pulling her pants down, her top was left on, you could see he was violating her. Then it looked like he passed her off to his friend next to him, he continued. It looked like a clear gang rape to me, where he was just passing her on to at least one other person. There is no scenario under the sun where that's acceptable, and I don't care if there's 20 people in front of me, 50 people holding me back, I'm going to fight my way into that circle if I can to try and help somebody. Nobody should ever, 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 ever be violated like that, ever. Especially in public, with other people around. Fuck is wrong with people? A war zone. Security and other concertgoers eventually came to the woman's aid, though it is unclear if the incident was ever reported or whether anyone was punished for the assault. You see, that's when you just give the person a boot party. If you're at a festival like this and somebody's assaulting a woman, there's no cops, there's no one to help, yep, boot party incoming. Everybody who's with me, we're going to stomp you out. And you're going to learn a quick lesson. 
And hopefully after that lesson's learned, you get reported and go to prison as well so you can get that lesson taught to you again there. Only one of the 44 people arrested was charged with a sexual offense, according to reports from the time. Three attendees also died, including 24-year-old David DeRosia, who passed away from a heat stroke while watching Metallica. DeRosia's family went on to file a lawsuit against the Woodstock 99 organizers and six doctors who worked at the festival, accusing them of negligence for failing to provide enough fresh water or adequate medical care for the 200,000 fans gathered. 200,000! There is no festival on this planet that I'm going to with that many people. Sorry, people smell, people are gross, people sweat, and people are just people. So count me out. Other attendees who died during the festival included a 44-year-old man at the campgrounds who had a pre-existing medical condition, and one person also died in a car crash traveling home from the event, miles from the site. So the death toll wasn't that heavy, right? But the emotional toll for people who were assaulted, well, they're carrying that for the rest of their lives. And to me, it's just, it's really just unacceptable. But Amon said he never felt in fear for his safety during the chaos of the final night. He and his brother Chris walked back to their tents and got a full night's sleep. They awoke the next morning to see Griffiths Air Force Base engulfed in a cloud of thick smog. There was still this eerie fog over the entire place, so it made it even eerier because of what had just happened the night before, Amon said. But it was great for pictures and video, he added with a laugh. How the hell do you sleep through that? What sort of uh, tranquilizers are you on that you're sleeping through all of this chaos? Because I'll tell you what, I've had some nights where I can't fall asleep. Can I get some of that? Because man, oh man, how loud must it have been? All these people out here raging out and these two dudes are crawling into their tent for a nap? A profound experience. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Despite the anarchy of the closing night, Almond said he headed back to Ohio, grateful for having attended Woodstock 99, calling it a profound experience. He was shocked to return to a frenzy in the news, painting the event as a drug-fueled cesspit of crime, violence, and otherwise feral behavior. Though he had witnessed the riots with his own eyes, Almond says the destructive end to the seemingly doomed event only told part of the story. This gentleman here, Mr. Almond, seems to be wearing a rosy-colored uh, pair of glasses talking about what happened at, uh, at this festival. Because we all know that it was a shit show, right? And your, your experience isn't the same experience that other people had, unfortunately. I thought it was an awesome experience, he said. It was a great weekend and probably one of the top five experiences in my life. You gotta get out more, my friend. I know there were some things that really were bad that happened at the place, but I still see it as an awesome experience, and I feel that it's gotten such a negative tone to it that it's really ruined the legacy of Woodstock for future generations. Well, look, come on. Nobody's out here just poo-pooing the event. It was a disaster, and I'm telling you that from somebody who has years and years in production. From a production standpoint, this was an absolute disaster. For the large part, 99.8% of what happened there was positive. A few people committed some awful crimes, but when you have that many thousands of people in one place, people will take advantage of certain situations and certain percentage of bad things will happen, unfortunately. That's not the, that's not the truth, okay? Not always. If they would have had proper security, 
They wouldn't have been gouging people. They would have had proper facilities for people to take a shower, have a whiz, maybe have a dump in peace, you know? People wouldn't have been all fired up, ready to go ham. But when you don't have any of that shit, and then, you know, people are drunk, they're angsty, this is the kind of shit that happens. Almond said he was shocked and sickened to read news reports that several young women had reported being sexually assaulted in the crowd. He called the acts horrible, adding, It's one thing to steal from a major corporation who is making money off the event and setting fire to their stuff, but it's another thing to take advantage of an individual and sexually assault them. For me, that's the biggest problem with this, the way people were assaulted. You want to burn down the event? Hell, look, I get it. I grew up going to punk rock shows. We weren't exactly what you call a ruly bunch. So I understand being angsty and wanting to go ham and wild out at the event. But keep your hands to your fucking self, sicko. They tried to do a 50th anniversary event in 2019 that completely failed. And I don't know for sure, but I imagine that really tarnished Woodstock's reputation and may have been part of them not doing another event after the 30th. Look, who wants to be involved in something like this? Who wants to promote it? Who wants to sponsor it? 300,000 people? A lot of people, folks. Challenging the narrative. The crimes that unfolded across a few days in upstate New York tarnished Woodstock's cultural reputation for years to come, with an article published in the San Francisco Examiner dubbing it The Day the Music Died. Even now, more than two decades on, Woodstock 99 is still considered one of the darkest and most shameful moments in recent pop culture history. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> I mean, look, again, the event itself was all right. The music was great. I remember watching the bands perform. And there were some fantastic performances, no doubt about it. But the overall event was a failure and an absolute eyesore. When you have people being sexually assaulted at your event, breaking news, it's a failure. But much of the negativity about the event, Amon says, is uh, perpetuated by people who weren't even there. I don't feel like I need to set the record straight or something, he said, but I really feel like that I have to mention uh, Woodstock 99 and how it has become a negative that it's really ruined it for future generations. Bro, again, your experience isn't everybody's experience. And while you might have had a great time, that doesn't mean everybody else did. From his perspective, Almond said that from Wednesday when he arrived through the evening of Sunday that everything was relatively orderly. That's not true. All you have to do is go back and watch some footage, watch that documentary that just came out on Netflix, and you see that this shit was building up. And it wasn't until the final act on Sunday night that caused all this chaos and the media just took it and ran with it, he added. That's not true either. After the Limp Biscuit performance, they were going absolutely ham, trying to rip down the, the uh, sound tower where the front of house positions uh, stationed at. All kinds of bedlam was happening. For the most part, the people that attended largely had a good time. Reiterating that his own Woodstock experience was profound, Amon continued, I've been to a lot of concerts over the years and nothing has had that effect that that one it had on me. It was profound, and it wasn't just all negatives as the media had people believe. Again, I believe that. I believe that your experience was awesome. 
I know I've had great experiences while other people haven't had good ones at the same event. A digital time capsule. Before Almond and his brother headed to New York to cover Woodstock in 1999, the siblings set up a website to upload photos and blog posts about the ongoings inside the event. The website, Woodstock1999.com, is still in operation today and remains almost completely untouched from when the Almond brothers first designed it 23 years ago. So you can go and check this this, uh, webpage out. And inside of this article, there's a link for it if you want to go and check out some pictures. In addition to archives of photographs and links to news stories, the site also features articles written by Amon and his friends throughout the festival's duration as they described having the times of their lives. I can't wait until the next Woodstock, and you better believe that we will be back here again giving you the best coverage around, Amon wrote in his final entry, posted on July 27, 1999. Yeah, he's not biased or anything. And look, I get it. You had a good time, bro. So, of course, you can only talk about your experience, right? I had a blast here. This was great. I had fun. Keep a watch on this website as more photos, commentary, and stories get posted. We still have a lot in store for you. Almond says he has no plans ever to take down the website, insisting it costs him next to nothing to keep it online. Instead, he hopes to preserve it as kind of a digital time capsule, an online place for other attendees with fond memories of Woodstock 99 to visit and relive the glory days of their youth. Remarkably, a few years ago, Almond was able to reunite two friends who had met in the crowd at Woodstock and parted ways at the end of the festival. Now look, that's cool. Having that kind of history and where people can go and look at this website and maybe reconnect with a friend or something, that's awesome, man. I've met some friends throughout the years in my travels, on vacation, or at festivals, music, that I wish I still had contact with these people. And if there was a website out there where I could reconnect, that would be awesome. He received an email in his inbox from a woman who spotted herself in one of the photos on his website and asked for his help to identify the man in the picture next to her. I met this guy at the show. We spent a bunch of time together, but my girlfriend threw out his contact information. Do you know how I could get a hold of him? Almond remembered the email reading. The author of the email then posted the photo on Facebook and remarkably was able to reacquaint herself with her long-lost friend two two decades later. That was pretty cool, he mused, that the website was able to bring these two people back together. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind for me for the most part, but over time, it's like, I've kept it going this long, I might as well keep it going. So I'll continue to keep it alive for anyone who had a good experience and wants to relive those moments. Well, there you have it, folks. 1999 Woodstock. An absolute shit show. But that doesn't mean everybody had a bad time, right? As this gentleman uh, lets us know. Me personally, I wasn't there. I can only go by what I saw on TV and then what I read in the aftermath. And, and that information, kind of gross. The sexual assaults especially. All of the other stuff, eh. I can chalk that up to people being angry and fired up for music. But there's never any excuse ever to sexually assault somebody. So Woodstock certainly failed in that regard. And it failed by not having the right plan logistically. Will there ever be another Woodstock in the future? I don't know. But if there was, would you attend? 
shoot me some emails and let me know. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. The link that I discussed can be found in the description box. All right, everybody, I'll be back later on with a little bit more. Hope that all of you are having a good one. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.